Hey, awesome listener. You know how we talk so often about what folks learn or don't learn about sex? Well, there's another too often taboo topic, money. Many folks learn little about finances, in particular, how to build security. This topic is close to my heart because it's been a learning curve for me and because so many women and queer folks are disproportionately affected by poverty. Smart, ethical investing is one way to prevent that. But where do we even start? And isn't investing reserved for the ultra-rich? Not anymore. Vinovest makes investing in wine, yes, wine, easy. Check it out at the link in the show notes where you can receive two months of fee-free investing. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. How do you feel about your body? This is a huge question for many of us, and one with often complex answers that shift throughout life. For many folks, body image challenges are one of the most pervasive barriers when it comes to relaxing into or enjoying sex. Concerns about our shape, the size of our breasts or butt or belly or penis or how well we can perform, can derail arousal, presence, and pleasure. It's almost like you're having a threesome, and not a fun kind, with you, a partner, and that naysayer voice who can completely take over. If you relate to any of that, there's hope to be had. Today's guest knows a lot about it all from personal and professional experience. Rebecca Biggie's body image issues came to the surface in a sort of climactic way. Oh. Or maybe, I should say, anti-climactic way. Ugh, great. When she met the guy, let's call him T, she had been in one serious relationship before. And my like orgasm journey, I guess, was not a difficult one, but it was a, a learning process for myself and for my my previous partner because I was young. I had never had an orgasm before, um, before being in that first relationship. It was kind of like an exploration for both of us. So going into this next relationship, I figured it would be like a similar process, but a shorter learning curve because it had happened before. I knew more about my body and figured that he would be open to learning, you know, what I needed and what what worked for me and and all of that. It didn't exactly pan out that way. How did you feel about the intimacy early on? Early on it felt it felt very like mm, harsh and like forced. Like it, it wasn't like as nice as, as the first one. And it, it felt a little more like performative. And I kind of felt like I had to follow his lead to not 
reject him or did not reject his like, you know, whatever he was doing. It's kind of like, all right, I guess we're doing it this way. But it was it was a definitely different feel than the first one. That's such a difficult and common thing, I think, is you don't want to hurt the person's feelings or they feel rejected so easily. And right. So you didn't bring anything up. Did you you said you just felt like you had to sort of go along with it? Yeah, I kind of matched the vibe because I was also very young and I didn't know how to say things like that. You know, I, I didn't know how to communicate that without coming off as like he was also very defensive. He would he would get easily offended by things. And so to bring up something like that was like he's not going to take this well. Plus, she hadn't had much experience at that point, just the one other relationship. So I was like, well, maybe this is maybe this is more how it's supposed to be. And, and the way that I had it before wasn't normal or I, I don't know. So it was kind of a balance of like, I don't want to bring this up because it's going to bruise his ego and it's, he's not going to react well. Also, um, I don't really know if this is normal or not. So I don't want to say something and then expose my own um, like ina- not inadequacy, but like my own mm, inexperience or something like that. On top of the harshness, she wasn't experiencing orgasms during sex with T. Then, of course, there's like the cultural narrative of like, it's hard for women to have orgasms. So it's it's almost like if you do, you're lucky. But if you don't, that's the norm. And it's like, that's not how it should be. <laughs> that's, that's not how it should be. And also not true. Like, it's not true that it's like difficult because I can make myself orgasm in two minutes if I want to. So it's it's definitely not like a more difficult thing. To make matters worse, her absent orgasms did not go over well with T. He would, you know, try to 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 get me there and whenever I would offer like feedback or like hey, like don't do it like this, like do it like that, he would be like oh. Well, like I'm trying, there just must be something wrong with you. Like this works every other time, like either you know, there's there's something wrong with you or you're just like not actually into into me. Um, so basically like blaming me for either not being attracted to him enough or that there's something wrong with my body that I'm not responding to what, you know, everybody else likes apparently, which it's like, mm, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. Rebecca said that this was a really pivotal time for her relationship with her body because in her previous relationship, she felt really good about it. I felt like he found me very attractive and everything was everything was great. But in this relationship, he he made me feel like I had to compete with other women for his attention and his approval. Um, and he would talk about his ex-girlfriends a lot and and like plant these seeds of insecurity. So for this to happen. This is a very nuanced, specific example of, of where body image triggers can start. It's not just what your body looks like, but also the things you believe about your body and, and thinking that something is wrong with your body can really damage your relationship with, with your body in, in lots of ways. And so for this to happen at that point, just added on to the different body image triggers that I had and feeling that you know, there is something lacking about who I am as a woman 
Did you continue the relationship? Did you ever have a conversation about these things? It's kind of an interesting topic because at that time, I, I didn't say anything. I just kind of resigned myself to, okay, I guess this is what our sex is like. And, you know, I, I don't want to be selfish or be, you know, making this person I care about feel like he's inadequate. So I'm just going to deal with it. And so I did continue the relationship. I ended it for different reasons later, but I, I'd never said anything. And I feel like in my relationship with my body, that was a time that I, I really let myself down. I didn't advocate for my body because, you know, our, our bodies can't advocate for themselves. We have to defend our body. We have to advocate for our pleasure, for our safety. A few months ago, Rebecca found herself in a similar situation, and she was able to handle it differently. Um, a few months ago, I was in a, a short relationship with someone who the same thing happened. We struggled. He struggled to to help me reach orgasm. And he said some some comments similar to what my other boyfriend had said. And this time I was like, no, it, it is not okay for you to blame my body for something that I know that it's capable of. And, you know, this is just a process that we need to work through together. And it's not okay for you to blame me or blame my body for something that isn't actually happening. So I feel like I got the chance to like do it differently after I've done all this healing. And it was it was actually a really like shocking kind of experience to have that it's like, wow, the same thing happened again. And I was able to to do it differently because I just was able to like shut down that that idea or thinking like right away. That's just like, no, that this that that's not, you know, the two options that you think it is, either I'm not attracted to you or, you know, I there's something wrong with my body. I'm like, there's there's a third possibility here, and it's just that we need to try something different. That relationship ended for other reasons, she said, but her relationship with her body continued to improve. Today, Rebecca is a confidence coach. She teaches women tangible ways to value their body based on what it does, and to develop a loving relationship between body and self. I'm guessing that you see these as inseparable, like your confidence and presence in your sexual experiences and your body image. Do you find that one impacts the other in positive ways too? Oh, yes. Yes. Because you can't, and, and in all areas of your life, but especially sexuality, if you are conscious of your body, it's going to take you out of the present moment. And, and connection is all about being fully present in the moment with the person that you're with. And so if you're, if you're thinking about like, oh, what does my stomach look like when, when I go like this? Or like, what does, what does my face look like when I'm doing that? It's, it takes you out of the opportunity to connect and puts you into this, I'm aware of my body and, and not, no longer focusing on the, the connection. So it's, it's impossible, even if you think, even if you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I look so great while I'm having sex. It's like, you're not thinking about the other person and you're not connecting. You're, you're conscious of your body, whether you're thinking positive or negative thoughts about it. 
So it's a huge factor in our intimacy levels and in how comfortable we are sharing our body with someone. If you are bothered by negative thoughts about your body, Rebecca suggests focusing on preventing those thoughts to begin with. And the way you do that is slowly build your identity around other things outside of your body. And it's difficult to do that as women because culture tells us that you are your body. And if you have a body that looks good, then you are good. Air quotes. And if you have a body that looks bad, then you are bad. More air quotes. But that's not true. And we see this in in lots of examples. I think of the movie Freaky Friday, where the mother and daughter switch bodies. And then the boyfriend of the daughter starts liking the mom. It's not because of her body. It's because she's got the personality of the daughter. That's who he's attracted to. And so we know that we're separate from our bodies. And so finding tangible examples of how you are more than your body is going to help in the moment then say, okay, I may not look the way I want to right now, but it's not about how I look. It's about spending time with this friend at dinner, and I'm not going to think about how many calories are in the glass of wine that I ordered. Of course, all of this can be easier said than done, especially if you're dealing with severe body image challenges. In that case, I highly recommend getting professional support from a qualified therapist if you're able. Regardless, I love what Rebecca shared about shifting our priorities. That's something that's really helped me and so many folks I know build confidence and break free from that negative self-talk loop, or at least make it far quieter. You don't fight negativity with positivity. You fight negativity with your purpose. So if you can think of the purpose of your body and the purpose of you as a human being in those moments, that's what's going to help just like dissolve the power of those negative thoughts. Because sometimes they are true that it's like, yeah, I don't like the way that my hair looks right now, but I'm not going to let that stop me from enjoying like the, the reason why I'm here or something like that. Oh, I love that because I think it's so hard and it doesn't work (laughs) to just think, just be positive. No, because some, because life, life isn't like that. You can't just tell yourself that your fears aren't going to come true because it's very possible that they will come true and that they already have. And that's why you're afraid of it. So it's like, I'm afraid that people are going to say this about me. And it's like, okay, so if they do, what are you going to do? What's really going to happen? Who will you be if they say that to you? Is that really going to change who you are? You know, kind of equipping yourself to handle the fear and also to take away the power of the fear, because usually the things that we're afraid of happening, like they're, they're not that scary. And, and, and the, the power that they have really just lives in your mind. Looking back on her own journey, Rebecca sees how impactful her relationship with T became. He actually made a lot of my body image issues come to the surface. And I realized that it's, it's actually not the way my body physically looks That is the issue because I had the same body in my last relationship, same body in this relationship. One guy, you know, I I never felt insecure. This guy made me feel insecure all the time. And then I had these issues coming out of it. So logically, I realized, you know, the the variable here was not my body. It was these these guys. So I'm never going to be able to please everyone. And there's nobody that I can name that 
everyone thinks is attractive. And so rather than trying to be attractive, I need to ask myself, why do I think being attractive is the most important part of who I am? And that's more of a philosophical question. I have a degree in economics, philosophy, and political science. And I realized, I'm like, this is a philosophical question. This is not a health question. This is not a weight question. It's about what do I value and what do I believe about myself? And that's what really propelled my own healing. When Rebecca looked around for body image resources, she found a lot of messaging around how to love your quote unquote flaws. And I was like, I don't think I want to. Like, like, I don't think that that's part of it. Like, I don't think that I need to be super excited about my cellulite. Like, <laughs> I have it, but I, I don't want to use that as like what's defining me. So I got to figure out something else. And so that's why I created the programs that I have and the podcast that I have is to talk about this from, from a more philosophical perspective of why do we value ourselves this way and what else should we value ourselves on and then rewiring those thought patterns and everything and and the amount of freedom that it gives you and the amount of control and power that you really end up having over how you feel because then it doesn't matter if someone criticizes the way I look because it's like well I don't value myself based on the way I look so it doesn't really matter or if someone compliments me on the way that I look, I don't crave that and feel like I need more of that to feel good because it's like, again, well, I don't value myself on that. So I think it's great that that you think that I'm beautiful or you think that I'm sexy, but like I'm a lot more than just that. And and I really that's what I want people to see and know about me because that's how I see myself. So that's the work that I do is is really helping women see themselves for so much more than their body so that they have the freedom to enjoy their body and and to not hold it so so tightly in their in their heart and in their mind. As you were saying that the word that came to mind for me was unstoppable. You become so fierce when this part of you that felt so vulnerable before, it's like it almost doesn't exist. Like it's there but but your insecurities about it are just like not at the forefront and you are you were like, you can say whatever you want to me. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't hurt me like that because I don't value that. So if someone is valuing their body and they look really, really good, you can still be insecure. This is why, you know, it just doesn't make sense that fixing, quote, fixing your body is going to fix your body image because it still means you're holding on to this so tightly and then you'll just be afraid to lose it. So yeah, that, that's the only way to become, as you said, like unstoppable is to change the things you value so that you have control over your confidence um, and you should value things that you're in control of, not you know, the, the perception that other people have of you. You can't control that. To learn more from Rebecca, follow her on Instagram at Rebecca Biggie. That's Rebecca with a K-A-H and Biggie, B-U-E-G-E. -E. You can also take her quiz that she said helps you start moving in a better direction at bodyconfidencequiz.com. And soon you will be able to pre-order Rebecca's book, Social Currency, which explores different things that we try to put our confidence in and how it ends up not working. She plans to publish it this summer. 
Okay, so here are a few more cool things about VinoVest. They make investing easy with a simple-to-use platform and a team of portfolio advisors. As an investor, you will own 100% of the wines in your portfolio. You can buy, sell, or even drink your wine whenever you want. And they make it super easy to diversify your portfolio. Head to zen.ai slash girlbonerradio to receive two months of fee-free investing. Or click the link down in the show notes to save and start earning today. This episode is supported by Zencaster. It's an all-in-one podcast production suite, and it gives you studio-quality audio and video from home without needing all of the technical know-how. I switched to Zencaster for recording my interviews a few months ago, and I have been so impressed. It records each person locally, so even if the internet wobbles, you won't miss a beat. Learn more and save 30% on your first three months at Zencaster.com pricing and enter the code GIRLBONERRADIO. You can start with a free trial of the professional version and then either keep going or switch to their free option moving forward for great interview quality without all the extras. Again, that's Zencaster.com pricing with the code GIRLBONERRADIO. Speaking of books, I explore body confidence in my Girl Boner book, too. If you've read it, you might recall that my huge healing moment while I was in the thick of eating disorder recovery happened during a college psych class when a professor started a discussion about sex. In that moment, I realized that I had never really talked about sex, which made me wonder why. I started delving into the messages that I had learned about sex and my own sexuality and my curiosity and honestly healthy rage that all prompted set me on a path toward healing. Looking back, that was the moment that I stopped wanting to diminish or starve myself. I still struggled for some time, but not nearly to the same degree. It's like I was able to finally at least want to love my body. I respected it, and I felt compassion for it and for me. Since then, I have witnessed so many people go through that change where something else takes priority over whether it's an eating disorder or negative body thoughts or negative self-talk, and it is just magical. It's incredible. So given all of that, I thought I would share a few tips from Girl Boner Chapter 8, which is called Loving Your Body for Real. And when I say loving there, I'm talking about actions, like the verb love, choosing to take actions and to have behaviors that show love for your body, even if your mind hasn't caught up. One is to become aware of the wounds that fuel your body image challenges. Examples might include role models like a coach or parent or friends who fixate on weight or appearance, religious shame around your body or sexuality, wonky societal messages, undiagnosed or unmanaged depression or ADHD, and trauma. 
Reflecting on or journaling about these factors to foster self-awareness can be powerful. In the book, I also talk about keeping a gratitude journal, maybe jotting down what you're grateful for when those difficult thoughts crop up. Another practice I recommend is what I call detoxifying your life. Here's an excerpt from the book. Detoxify your life. I'm not talking about risky juice fasts or supplements. You do you, but I'm not a fan. I mean getting rid of life toxins for a groovier atmosphere, one that allows you to grow and thrive and shine. We're all influenced by the world around us, including people, places, entertainment, and media. While we can't change societal messaging or beauty standards quickly or on our own, we can influence how much negativity we allow into our spaces. In doing so, we can not only improve how we feel about ourselves and our bodies, but provide a stronger, much-needed example for others. Start noticing what's happening in your daily life when those negative thoughts and feelings crop up. Were you lunching with friends who obsess over calories or carb grams when you felt guilty over your lunch choice? Were you scrolling Instagram, looking at a certain account? Had you been reading a particular fitness blog when you started judging the size of your thighs? If so, it may be time to distance yourself from those influences. Numerous studies show that dieting, fixating on physique, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors are, in a sense, contagious. Our lifestyle habits tend to rub off on others the way one rotten avocado tarnishes the whole dang fruit bowl. Thoughts and language often work the same way. I'm sure we've all been around someone who gossips quite a bit, only to find ourselves joining in on some level when we normally would not. You deserve friends and other influences that nourish your soul rather than diminish you. This is just as important as distancing yourself from negative influences because goodness is equally contagious. Focus on the positivity you can cultivate, replacing harmful factors with more positive alternatives as soon as possible. Even if this means having a smaller circle of friends, trust me, you'll likely end up feeling less lonely and a whole lot happier. If a dear friend or loved one tends to contribute to your self-shaming and you want to maintain that closeness, have the difficult conversation. Tell them you care about them and want to stay close, but when they talk about blank or blank, it makes you uncomfortable. Suggest that you focus on other topics instead for both of your sakes. Sometimes all a person needs is a nudge in an actually healthy direction. There ends the little excerpt. All of these practices can end up benefiting your sexual experiences and your confidence between the sheets or on the sheets or on the floor or wherever you get busy. And sometimes sex itself is the thing or a thing that helps us feel more comfortable in our skin. It is nearly impossible to think negative thoughts about your body or anything else during intense arousal and orgasm. All of that goodness takes over and often keeps on. It might just sprinkle into the rest of your life. If you're struggling to get to that place at all, to start even engaging in sex because of body image issues, or if you don't have access to a partner, you might want to consider solo play as a sort of sexy masturbation therapy. No, it's not actually therapy, but I recommend it. 
Learning what feels good, how your body experiences arousal and orgasm, discovering new erogenous zones. Meanwhile, you don't have to worry about thoughts of, what is this person thinking of me or my body? To bring more fun or adventure to those experiences, consider bringing a sex toy into the mix. Trying out a new sex toy with a partner can help too, by giving you something new to focus on together. If you're distracted or anxious about sex because orgasms are a challenge for you, toys can help there as well, especially if you are a vulva owner. Some folks with a vulva only experience orgasm with a toy, and that is 100% okay. To explore the Pleasure Chest's Best Couples Vibe Collection, the We Vibe Date Night Special Edition set looks especially tantalizing to me. It comes with a Nova 2 vibrator for G-Spot and Clit Play, and a vibrating ring to slip on a penis or dildo. You can even have one partner control the vibes for the other from another room or across the globe using their remote app. Learn more at the link in the show notes or explore your heart and your boner out at thepleasurechest.com. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear from you by way of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. Be sure to hit that follow button on the podcast app you're using if you haven't yet so that you will never miss a beat. And if you give VenoVest a try, I want to hear about your experience. Check it out at zen.ai slash girlbonerradio or the link in the show notes and get two months of fee-free investing. You can also support this show and get fun extras by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner and by letting your friends know about it. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>